Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. From the nation's capital, this is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast with your host, Rob Snowett. Snow White is my real last name. And this podcast is titled A Day on the Farm. It's brought to you by Solo Stove. If you are interested in purchasing your Solo Stove and upgrading your summer, cooking on the Solo Stove grill, and amazing everybody with this new technology, you can go to robsnowwhite.com and click on the link. Every purchase of a Solo Stove product you make through my website helps support my small business. And we're going to start off this podcast with some shout outs now. First shout out, Anthony from Down Under, checking in with me. Another person that I've come across that has lived in Alice Springs. We're gonna give a shout out to the Coffs Coast Fly Fishing Club, of which Anthony's a member. A shout out to James in Pennsylvania with some possible employment opportunity leads for me. If I find something there, I will be sure to thank James. And he's also been fishing some of my trout flies in Pennsylvania. Shout out to Mark G on his micro farm in Colchester, Connecticut. And lastly, thank you to Dan from Beer Tie for checking in on my well-being. Dan, we should have Beer Ties up and running in September. And finally, a big shout out goes to producer Jason getting some recognition for the great work he does. And you can find this online if you just Google Jason Reef, R-E-I-F, and go to the news. Jason's been working with the Sunshine Foundation. You can find them online at the Sunshine 
foundation.org. They are a Pennsylvania wish-granting nonprofit for children with chronic illnesses and conditions. Through the foundation, Jason has helped a young lady record her music. Christiana has aniridia and glaucoma, which is a very rare eye condition that has left her legally blind and very nearsighted. And one of her wishes is to record her music and through Jason and his producing work are making that happen. So shout out to Jason. You're doing great stuff. And now let's go down to the farm and we're going to see Jason in person. Good morning. It is 739 on the 22nd of May, 2021. I'm on the way to go trout fishing. A couple days ago, I was at home and got the phone call that Rose River Farm had been rented out for the weekend. And there's a group of folks going down to fish it. And I was included on this list. Don't know who's going to be there. Don't know what we're expecting. But I think it's going to be a small group of people fishing a big private property full of trout. It is going to be very hot today. It's going to be 92 degrees, the first really hot day of the season. And it hasn't rained in weeks. So we shall see how the fish are reacting. My plan for the day is to break up fishing into three parts. We're going to do the morning session before it gets too hot. We're going to do midday with the sun overhead and hot. And then we're going to do late afternoon into the evening. My goal is to see what comes off, what is hatching, and how to match that to optimize my fly fishing catch rate. I have an arsenal of gear. I have a very noodly three weight. I have a stiff and noodly four weight. I have a couple of nine foot five weights for clients tomorrow when I have to head back to Northern Virginia. And I have my favorite trout rod, which is my eight foot six inch Henry's Fork by Orvis, the old super fine unsanded blank. In my sea run case, I've got a mix of fly boxes with all sorts of nymphs and dries. All of my classic dry flies I have not tied myself. My plan is to sight cast a rising trout either using small wolves, Mr. Rapidans, parachutes, with some sort of tiny dropper, be it a midge or an RS2 off the back. Don't have a whole lot of caddis adults, don't have a whole lot of stonefly adults. I have some terrestrials, and then we're gonna go ugly early, and we're gonna start off with the bacon fly, size two, 4X long streamer with a tungsten cone. And we're just gonna see how the fish behave in the weather and, and who's angling for them and then the plan is to spend the night down there car camp and i'm gonna head back up at about 0600 in the morning i'm stuck behind a tractor right now with a hill so i'm just gonna chill here with this woman she's actually turning right so i don't have to go around her so that's it it's 741 and i'm gonna keep on keeping on I'm looking forward to this I've got a whole bunch of gear that I'm going to try out for the first time some rods I've never fished it's going to be a good day alright it's about noon it's super hot out here I'm actually sitting on the shoreline right in front of a smallmouth nest with my legs in the water to cool off so I get here and ugly early so I put on the bacon fly below a riffle Within a minute or so, I catch the smallest fish so far of the day. Well, technically the smallest trout. I got somebody, we'll introduce later. I got someone throwing a, a little dry and a copper john in front of me. We just missed one. So my day so far was smallest trout 
on my bacon fly on the five weight Orvis Hydros that I unwrapped today. One fall fish on a midge, the largest trout I've ever caught in a dry fly, which was lost at the net. One trout that looked just like the blue rainbows I saw that I saw in the Cotswolds. And so I've caught fish on everything so far. Dries, nymphs, and streamers. I caught two so far on the jigged nymph, just soft hackle pheasant tails. Like you put them in and fish were on. So the last two big fish I caught on Euro style nymphing. So I'm a total believer in that now. I was dropping that fly off of my cicada. Had a couple fish come up and bump the cicada and I caught a fall fish on it. So I've officially caught one fish on my cicada so far. It's getting hot out. The sun's directly overhead. It's a little hazy. The water here is expected is super low and slow. So we're pretty much sticking to the deep holes and open spots where we can get some large casts. Fish are coming off periodically, but I think now they're just too sluggish to eat the streamer. Oh, I saw that one just move. There you go, fish on. Oh, dude, that's two in a row. This is pretty exciting. This is an absolute stellar way to spend a Saturday. Just having all this water to yourself. There's no one else here. There's five of us here right now. And we fished most of the beats down and the one we're at now seems to have the deepest water and some big fish in it. So we're gonna keep working and seeing what works and casting and playing around with our patterns to see what they like. But I think it's just small dry flies. Might have to take out the bamboo rod at dusk or my three weight now and throw some dries. I've been using my Orvis five weight Henry's fork, my favorite rod, and that's what I caught the monster on. If you've got an extra one of those rods, I'll barter something for you if you can get it to me. That's it. We'll check in later when uh, hopefully more people get here and we do some introductions. Let's get you caught up with the end of the second or middle shift today. It's 4.30 and it's a little hazy out. There's a light breeze. The water's pretty slow in spots. It's still hard to find deep water where they're holding. Otherwise, they're spread out. It's a pretty skinny water. I've had my most luck today on jig flies lost at least four on the cicada two or three bumps using the mouse i think my most success is on a pink and silver jig and or size 12 nymph sort of like a rainbow warrior and they're rising to something out here there's black caddis on the trees there's other random flies a couple crane flies don't actually see what they're eating but the garbage fly is doing great I've caught fish on that on the three weight, five, five, bamboo. And then the boss showed up and he cooked us some lunch. And everyone's sort of spread out now fishing as the evening's about to start. I'm pretty exhausted. I've been out in the sun fishing since eight o'clock. I've had Gatorade, a lot of water, some cookies. This is fantastic. Just fishing a clean spot with running water. No one else here but us. It's a good time, man. Wish y'all were here. All right, producer Jason, what brings you down to Rose River Farm this Saturday? Invitation to come fish. So I brought the boys down. We caught some fish, um, some willing fish, and we had a good time. How long was that drive? About four hours for us. Not, not bad. We stayed overnight last night down the road. Got a good burger on the way here? We did. Spelunkers in Front Royal. Front Royal. It's a good place. 
Did you nice see the and quick, signs? but it was good beef. Yeah, did you see the signs for Virginia Inland Port? No. That's a curious thing. I never really... Inland Port. Figured out what that is. So how was your fishing so far today? You uh, First experience with bamboo? Uh, yeah. Fishing was was surprisingly good. The water we got here, we knew the water was really low because it hadn't rained. But these fish were like, I don't know, they're just ready to take almost anything. Not constantly, but, you know, if you, you're patient with them, somebody's going to take it. There's enough fish in each pool that somebody's coming after it. So, you know, you can almost throw anything. I didn't, you know, I didn't even switch off the dry flies all day. That's what I'm fishing so. as my next rig. After we're done conversing, I shall rig that up. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, it's been fun. The boys caught some fish? The boys each caught a couple fish and got, I think that was enough for them, and they're doing all kinds of other stuff now. <laughs> they're absolutely filthy. Oh, yeah. Are you going to have to but, stop at a truck stop? and? Oh, gosh, no. Like, how fine. are you going to clean them off before you get home? What's mom going to say? They'll take a shower when they get home. That's fine. So different. They're so, they're, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm fine with them being happy, running around, getting dirty, whatever. Those we're not in the way, <laughs> and they've been stuck inside for the last year, so it's a little good for them. Yeah, I mean, we've been we've been pretty good about trying to get them out, you know, hiking and doing whatever. But this was their first experience actually with real fly fishing. You know, uh, my oldest has cast a few times, but never actually caught anything. So this is their first time actually fishing on a fly fishing river with moving water and all that entails. So hey, the Scottish pretty good to get. The, them to catch something. Is that the Scottish groundskeeper who just showed up? <laughs> How are the grounds doing at the farm this weekend? It's not too bad. The weather's kind to us with the horses, you know, as well as the cows. The cows are kind of doing the wrong thing. You hear every once in a while a wee oh, moo. But uh, I think they're in the shade trying to get a wee bit of a relief from the heat. You know How, what I mean? How's the water been on the farm recently? All right, it's delightful. It's what, about 51, 52 degrees? Sorry, I, I would have said Celsius, but I'm pretty sure you boys couldn't do the math conversion. What about the water level? How's the water level been? It's, it's not too shabby. I mean, it's it's not high, it's not low. It's kind of right in the middle. Maybe a little, wee bit on the low side. But it's looking pretty sharp. What's the secret fly y'all use when you're working on the farm and suggesting for people down here? All right, bacon flies. Uh, de de definitely wee nymphs. Copper johns. Anything with a bit color to it. Give it a wee bit of a flash. Fish go right to it. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, Check out MidwayUSA.com. Right to it. Belly. <laughs> like a bee to a flower. Yeah, I will say they do eat some... <laughs> Bloody hell, it's 90 degrees. <laughs> oh, I need to put that water on ice. All right, we'll let him it deal with that. that. All right, so Jason, that's the first time we fished since 2019 and, and hold together when he gets here. Mm -hmm. Pretty crazy. The weather's been good, so you're going to have an easy drive home. There's a dog swimming across the hole right now. Yeah. I don't know how he's fishing down there. We'll check in with him in a bit. So how does this compare to, say, a stream you'd fish in Pennsylvania? Oh, this is completely different. I mean, this is just stacked with, I mean, just being stacked with fish and them just being, you don't have to be, like, super careful. Like, if you stand in one place for more than two minutes, there's fish back at your feet. So, I don't know. They're pretty, uh... Yeah. 
If you're going to rate this farm one out of five microphones, how many microphones would you rate? <laughs> Ten microphones. This is a groundskeeper. <laughs> All right. Groundskeeper. Right, I'm not a groundskeeper. I'm a gilly. <laughs> yes, Big difference. So here's some of my mental notes from this most epic fishing trip. There were very few bugs coming off or flying around. There were... I don't think any mayflies, no stoneflies. There were black caddisflies around bushes in one spot, but that was about it. It wasn't really till dark when I turned on my black diamond lantern that really bugs started coming to that. During the day, though, it was pretty quiet. There was just general terrestrials on the sidelines, and very few things coming off, crawling that I was seeing. Uh, I really love that smell of honeysuckle. And driving early in the morning down, having honeysuckles wafting in the window the whole way. And then you pull off onto the side roads and one ways on the way to the farm. And it's even more potent. And then when you're down there in the dark overgrowth fishing and you just smell that intoxicating honeysuckle, it was just as great on the way home the next day. Most of the fish were in the shade as they should be, or they were in the tail of the pool, or they were out in the open and they kind of would just be anywhere, but they mostly congregate in deep water with shade and structure or in that deep water at the end of the pool. But they could be throughout any part of the pool. There were very few fish cruising around. Most of them were just holding in their same spot. And I'm sure if you were there long enough over several days, you would get to know specific fish based on where they live. I've never seen a smallmouth red before. It was pretty cool to see crystal clear five feet deep, four feet deep, and see a smallmouth just chilling on a red. You don't really get to see smallmouths where I live. And being able to see one in such clear water with it not darting away was, was remarkable. That was something I really enjoyed. You could see the red in its eyes and the bars on its mouth. It was really, really cool thing to do. And with limited time during the day, my priority was catching fish. I should have spent more time filming and watching, but time was limited and I was there to fish. I used eight pound straight monofilament for anything larger than a size 10. All the fish caught on top were on Berkeley Vanish eight pound monofilament. So if you think trout in particular, maybe you fished here and you think they're leader shy. I was just reading an article about dropping down an eight X on certain trout I was catching just as many fish as other people, and I was using, as uh, George Daniel would say, it was goat rope. The birds were the only things that really scared the fish. You could walk up to the stream and they might move around. They're used to people. It was the shadow of a bird flying over that caused everything to dart. It was as if you turned on a light switch and cockroaches just scattered. And I was walking down into the stream when the bird flew over they weren't scared by me they were scared when that flew over and i wore waders all day people were wet waiting people were filling their waders by accident people were taking their waders off taking a break having a beer with them around their ankles i kept mine on all day waist or chest deep i'm not dealing with ticks i'm not dealing with poison ivy and there's cactus down there so i decided to be funky and gross versus getting Lyme disease or that Lone Star meat allergy that my client's nephew is the first one to ever have. I was playing it safe. I could hydrate faster 
then I'm going to lose the sweat down there. I want to give a shout out to Rim Chung and his RS2. Again, perform brilliantly. You can take the most complicated dry flies in the world, but an RS2 drop behind something that's visible is probably the most perfect mayfly imitation. You could have a parachute Adams, a BWO. For me, it's going to be an olive or gray RS2 in 14, 16, 18. And unfortunately, I tied one on to the back of a really old Mr. Rapidan. And when the fish bit the RS2, the hook bend broke off on the Mr. Rapidan. So I benched all those. Maybe we'll make some kind of artwork display out of them where they're stuck in a fish's mouth. But they're not going to be fished ever again. They're just old and I'm not going to trust that to chance again. So check the age of your hooks before you use some of them. My Wheatley boxes are 20 plus years old. The flies were put in there when Bill Clinton was still president. And they've been kept out of the sun in cool, dry closets like the one here in my office. We're in the laundry room. But hooks age, man. I should have explored more. Like I said, we fished the deep shaded water with so many beats that no one was fishing. We really should have done more walking but again it was 92 plus degrees i was in full waders and i'm carrying camera lots of fluids a couple of rods and i've got one of jason's kids in tow most of the morning i can't remember which one it was but he definitely picked up a trout that died from shock and he walked around with that dead trout in his hand for a good half an hour i will post pictures of it it was his pet he had the long broden wooded long-handled net in one hand and a dead trout in the other, wearing some huge waders. Those kids were awesome. They were great. Uh, we should have fished more together, just watching people. I had that idea of the Matt Smythe baseball, three strikes you're out to rising trout. But again, everyone's focus was fishing. None of us have really been out trout fishing in so long. We fished together in the morning and then we were like those cockroaches and we all scattered. Nobody really fished the same pool together at all for most of the day. One of the craziest things I've seen is those jig flies. About seven o'clock, I dropped one in, popped it, and I caught a 16-inch rainbow on the next cast. I caught one immediately doing the same thing. I don't know if it's the angle in which they move, if the soft tackle looks like a bug flying to the surface, but I am down with them jig hooks. Once I get done with cicadas and gar and the summer of the scorpion bug, which we'll talk about on the next podcast, that I, I really want to start tying up these things and put them for sale. So I spent days tying dry flies. I spent days tying midges. I spent days tying bacon flies and nymphs, terrestrials. I really only used a couple of flies. The trash fly, the bacon fly, the splat mouse, uh, this flashy iridescent beadhead nymph and the rs2 and the two cast with the mr rapidan and then i used the jigs so I, I had hundreds of flies in dozens and dozens of patterns but i rarely used any i just wanted to catch fish on specific flies in a specific way and that's sort of what i wanted to do and that's what i focused on doing I finally got a chance to use my Christmas trout ornament net. I bought this in 2002 at Orvis. 
with the plans on catching a brook trout and laying it over the net and people thinking I caught a massive brook trout. So for those on Instagram that were confused by those pictures of a brook trout on a little itty bitty net, yes, it was not your eyes fooling you. That was a very small ornamental toy net that I put a wet trout on and took a picture. Again, Jason's kids, they're funny, they're polite, they're extremely intelligent and they're well-mannered. It was a respite not to have my mouthy kid with me because we went cicada fishing recently and that did not go well. And it was awesome. Jason got to take his kids out trout fishing for the first time, catching fish on top and on worms. And I can't wait till we all do it again. It was great not seeing anyone else. There were four or five of us there. There were some farm hands. There was very few cars going by, maybe one or two single engine planes, no helicopters, no C-130s, no V-2 Ospreys, no Blackhawks, no Hueys, no Medevac. The noise where I live is constant. There are FBI surveillance planes that circle 24 hours a day. There's always the drone of something overhead, and there was none of that down there. There was no litter anywhere along there. Maybe a couple of pieces of a wrapper from a snack here or there that we pick up. But there was no cans, no bottles, no rubber gloves, no nightcrawler containers. It was, it was so nice to be in a pristine environment. And Doug, you're keeping that place clean and great. And the people that go there are respectful. It was peaceful. My phone was not going off. No one was bothering me. No one was asking me questions. I didn't have to look out for paddleboarders or people on my back cast. It was just me and trees and fish. The dusk fishing was great, though I was so exhausted. I've been tired from fishing, but this may have been one of the most tired I've ever been. Just the heat, a little dehydration, even though I was cranking fluids all day. But by the time dusk came around, I could barely stand up and fish. My five weight was out of commission. I don't know why I wasn't fishing my four weights, but I had the mouse rod, which was a five weight. And yeah, the bugs were starting to get up my nose. We decided, all right, we're going to call it at 745. And that was enough with messing with trout for a day. We decided to call it. It's time to fire up the solo stoves and cook dinner. And then I was the only one that stayed. Jason took off early and the rest of the guys took off early. The Scottish groundskeeper took off and it was just me after dinner. I had sirloin steak. I heated up on coals over my solo stove Titan. And I ate those in some non bread with, I don't think any hot sauce. And I was just beat, man. I, I ate that dinner and it was pitch black. And then the fireflies started coming out. The entire property was covered. It was thousands and thousands of twinkling little butts. And they just started coming out here. If the true sign of spring is the first spring peepers, the true sign of summer is the first lightning bug. And I do feel bad for those that don't have lightning bugs where they live. And they're in decline where we are, but on Doug's property, it was like looking into outer space. There were so many of them. And the stars there were amazing. Uh, at dusk, we heard what I thought was a peacock. That sounds like the thing from the movie Up. I don't know what that was. Some kind of peafowl for sure. Um, and by nine o'clock, it was pitch black. I'd fished for 12 hours, got my headlamp going, prepped the back of my car, got the bed ready. 
I took out my contacts, brushed my teeth, hydrated some more. And I want to say by 9.15, 9.30, my lights were out. I listened to some music, just listened to the bugs, and I crashed hard. 12 hours of fishing and heat like that. Bamboo rods are exhausting. Big, strong trout are exhausting. The heat, uh, standing on wobbly rocks all day. I, I was definitely beat, man. That was, that was a long one. And then I was up by 6, and I figured, let's get home. I got clients at... 10 or 11 and I managed to get home didn't stop anywhere I thought I'd get breakfast maybe at a Sheets or Wawa I just went straight home and showered and chilled for about an hour and a half did some unpacking and then went and met my clients and I went to meet my clients we fished for four hours and it was fantastic I didn't hear cicadas until I got into Rutherford around 7 30 a little bit before eight o'clock and I'm going to also start tying up those trash flies now. I'm going to put those on Etsy once the other flies are all done with. Uh, so yeah, so that, that's my day on the farm. It was awesome seeing Jason and his kids. It was awesome seeing all the two other guys and the wife that came down. And it was awesome to hang out with that weirdo <clears throat> from Glasgow. Just fish, man. So if you're a trout angler or aspiring to be one, I understand it's not something I get to do very often. And when I get to do it, it's very rewarding. And I really needed that. I told y'all I was gonna fish more this spring. And that was the day off I needed. And it did its job. And we're gonna send this on to Jason now to do his thing. So hope you enjoyed this brief little podcast. But this is a day out fishing. And I'm excited to share with you the last month of fishing in the next podcast I've been working on. That may be next. It may not be. You're going to have to stay tuned. And please be sure to check out this podcast on Waypoint TV. Thank you for joining us for the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. For more information or to contact Rob, please go to www.robsnowwhite.com. This podcast is brought to you by Freestone Productions at freestoneproductions.com. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6'8 Western. Oh, I'm ill there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at Ooh. that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.